Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Emily. And welcome to the Solent Sessions podcast. This is a show where we explore our minds, chat about lived experiences, and hear the powerful stories of real people living real lives. From conversations with wellbeing experts and people in the community, we'll learn what it really means to be your own best friend. We won't hold back though, and we'll be having some of those real, raw, and sometimes difficult conversations to help raise awareness in the world of wellbeing. So let's dive right in. Hello and welcome to the third episode of hopefully everyone's favourite podcast now, the Solent Sessions podcast. Today we are speaking about words of wellness and are going to be sharing our ideas along with ideas from today's special guests, Dr Joe Bagley and Greg White, in the hope that we can help motivate and inspire others with their wellness tips and journeys. Delivered week by week, we will be asking people to share their own words of wellness using whichever media they feel relates personally to them. This could be via their own written words, a photograph, a drawing, or by sharing their own selfie film. We want to promote as much positivity as we can, so please DM us via our social media channels your words of wellness as we would love to hear them. Our channels are in the podcast description so you don't miss them. Our first guest today is Dr. Joe Bagley, who is our Head of Operations for Primary Care at Solent. Hello, Dr. Joe. Hello, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Um, So thank you very much for joining us today. So we'll dive straight in and I'm just going to ask you, what does wellbeing mean to you? You know what, I think this is quite a... um quite an interesting one and quite a, a different one for different people um and I, I kind of thought about this before before coming on and what what does it actually mean in a line to me um and I think it means different different things to different people but I think for me wellness or my words of wellness is about kind of having your own back and saying what do I need today for me and I think it's probably something that we quite often miss so I think we go into our days you know log on to our emails go to meetings and then we get to the end of the day and we think for that that, that's done but actually what have what have you got out of that day and what have you done for you I think that's what it means for me so I mean that makes perfect sense to me Joe I mean I I think you're absolutely right in that sense of it is also quite a personal thing you know I think everyone's experience of of well-being or understanding of well-being or generally perception of well-being is is completely different and I think you're right in thinking about you know having our own back and I think making that kind of dedicated time and I suppose is there a like do you, do you remember any pivotal moment within you know your your understanding of well-being um, or a journey that that you can share with us is there a moment where you can think back and go ah that that really pertained to to well-being or that was certainly something I dedicated time to well-being or or, or switch in your kind of journey yeah and actually I think I was so I listened to your previous podcast with um, Hazel actually and she spoke about how you know her previous jobs and how it's led her to um, do the job she does now and her role Um, and I think I can probably reflect on something quite similar for me so um, I yeah graduated as a doctor did my foundation years um, in the hospitals and the acutes um, and I think within that you you work well every doctor does uh, you know a large number of hours you do shifts you do 
lots of training uh, competencies, you do lots of courses, you do, there's, there's tons of stuff that joins up with that. Um, and I think probably if you asked me what my pivotal moment was that made me actually stand back and think something needs to change or you're not looking after yourself here, I think was when I was on critical care. And mm. I think, you know, we, we worked a lot of hours. So in that time, but I was working every other weekend and, you know, anyone that works shifts will, would be able to tell you that actually night shifts aren't, aren't great for your body um, over a long mm. period of time. And I think within that rotation for me, it really made me stop and think, actually, is this more detrimental to my health? <laughs> um, the, this shift, these shift work, um, the amount of hours that I'm working, and actually, am I taking time for me? Um, mm. So I think as a as a pivotal pivotal point in my career or in my life, that's probably been the time that everything, I just wasn't finding joy in things anymore. Um, and I think things probably got too much for me at that time. But that's that really enabled me to just pause, take some time off and really think about what I need. Um, and that's not just from, from life, but that's from a work sense as well. So what, what joy am I getting from, you know, working all these hours, all of these training competencies, all of these other things that come in with that? And actually, what, what, what am I doing? So I'm taking care of all the patients or you're trying to or you're doing your best to do that. But what are you doing to take care of you? Um, and I think it's something that, we as a medical student you get trained so hard to you know have the knowledge but actually i would say that there's probably a lacking or historically has been a lacking of what well-being initiatives do we have for our own um own mental health and our own well-being it's interesting isn't it because i think there's that there's that almost yeah. we should know better <laughs> when yeah. we work within within healthcare and i think I think you reflecting on those moments where you stop, it, it is one of those things, isn't it? And and I think for a lot of people, like the moment where they stop is almost either one of two. They can either have really amazing reflective moments where they can go, like what you've just said, where you can look back and go, you know, is this the right thing for me? What do I need from from this? What's my kind of hierarchy of needs, if you will, for for me as well as my you know profession? But then for other people, those moments can be the bit that they, you know, that they drop, you know, and then that's the moment where their well-being has really suffered because they've gone almost too far. So it's lovely to hear that, you know, and by no means am I saying that it wasn't a stressful time for you, because I'm sure it was. But I think it is, it's great that you had a moment where you could be reflective on, of that. And I just don't, I think you're so right in that it's something that we don't inherently build in for people. But the strange kind of paradox of that is that, it is something that we would advise both yourselves as clinicians, but then also in all aspects of healthcare and social care, we'd advise people to do. <laughs> we just don't live by our own advice in that sense sometimes. Yeah, it's almost a shame as well that we have to sort of get to that point where we are working, 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 working. And this is obviously NHS but and health service, but a lot of other jobs as well, that it takes us to get to that point where we physically need to stop to then have that reflection it's it's almost like I don't know how we would do it or how we would incorporate it. obviously hopefully more awareness of well-being when we're in the job and day to day but you know trying to stop ourselves from get to that point and then maybe sit you know at the evening and an evening or an afternoon and be like okay I don't want to get to the point where I'm gonna be I need this break this is what I need and then you know a lot of people stop and then they either get ill or because they've been going for too long or they then just have this monumental moment of 
God, this is really, really, really tough. It's almost like we need to do something before we get to that point and have those reflections before. I think I completely agree. So I think we know that from a well-being perspective and from a resource perspective, that people use those resources almost when it's not too late, and that's the wrong phrase to use, but when it when it's everything has got too much. Um, and it would be really nice to take a more proactive approach mm. into building that into kind of everyday life or, or more structured um, monthly time. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully with the pandemic, we've somehow been more aware. So we might be up now, we might be a bit more in tune. I don't know, it might have gone the other way. But I know that I'm certainly looking out for things in myself that are sort of like, oh, hang on a minute. Are you really looking after yourself? Do you need to take a bit more time? Is there something you need to be doing? Um, So yeah, hopefully when we're out the other side of this, people might have a bit more awareness about their well-being and can incorporate things. Um, What would be one well-being tip, Joe, that you couldn't live without? (laughs) I know it's a tough one. We've only given you one. (laughs) (laughs) One well-being tip. (laughs) You know what? I think it's really easy to say, oh, you should do this or you should do that. And I think actually there's there's little wins every day. So I'm not going to say one thing that I would suggest because I think that's really personal to what makes the difference. I think I would just really advocate pausing, mm. pausing in whatever kind of format that is to allow that to happen, whether that's, mm. you know, your walk home, uh, whether that's your drive home, whether that's your, your lunch break, walking out somewhere to go and grab a sandwich. I know COVID times have changed that, but I guess what, the question I'd probably ask is probably a better way to do it in that space is what what time are you carving out for you in this and it doesn't have to be you know three hours on a Sunday afternoon it can be five minutes here it can be 10 minutes there but just to stop pause and reflect on genuinely how you're feeling um and how you're kind of behaving so it's more than just a mindset it's your behaviors and just thinking about what behaviors you're you're giving in in that space and whether that that does sit right with you or whether you you recognize that that's probably an, a bit of a as you said um like a bit of a um <laughs> you can tell that that's not your normal <laughs> outlet if that makes any sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you're so right though joe in that like but it's it transcends almost you know the traditional sense of well-being as well like those elements of pausing and reflecting and now and obviously for for a lot of clinicians reflective practice is part of that's built in into into you know progressing and transformation and whatever that may be both professionally as a team or as a trust or as a person and i think you know when you when you talk to a lot of coaches and, and certainly life coaches as well that it also transcends just a a need for wellness and actually you know it's a really great tool for people to be able to use when they're thinking about career choices or they're thinking about their next step or their you know their goals in life their needs all of those kind of things that it kind of transcends I suppose that traditional sense doesn't it of well-being and and what do I need right now to make me well and more of a actually you know if you're building in this reflective practice day to day or week to week or whatever you can carve out and you're sticking to it, you're going to have a real better understanding of where you sit um, either in the world or, or, or where you sit on certain topics or, or what your aspirations for the future are. Or at very base level, you're just having time to rest and recuperate in that sense as well. Mm. And, I, and I would say absolutely, 
don't put pressure on yourself to do something. So I know we, I've had quite a few conversations with people in the last couple of weeks. Like, oh, what did you do at the weekend? Or what did you do last night? Mm. And I think people almost feel embarrassed for just saying, I literally did nothing. Mm. I just sat. Mm. <laughs> like, work is enough at the moment. And actually, that that should be celebrated, actually, that you just actually just sitting <laughs> is enough. <laughs> yeah, I had the same sort of thought joe when i had um annual leave a couple of weeks ago and i think it's the first mm. time i've ever had annual leave where I couldn't do anything yeah. there was nothing that i could do apart from obviously going for a walk or mm. you know doing things around the house or just spending time with myself and my partner and just actually just being and not having the pressure of oh okay we've got a week so what are we going to do with it like we've got all this yeah. time is there something we need to do mm. and actually do you know what i loved it I loved it because I just took each day as it came mm-hmm. and it was a real sort of respite. I'm exactly the same, Ems. Like I had a, a Saturday the other week where I had almost a weird epiphany and I was like, I was sat there and literally we did nothing. Me and my other half were sat going and I, and I sat there and I thought like, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I sat there and I think, I was like, I think I'm feeling bored. And like, I was like, I don't think I've felt bored in the last 10 years, but like in a good kind of bored way where I was like, wow, I can, it was almost like you come over that hump, don't you? Of like, you need that relaxation to do nothing, to then be able to have that energy again, to almost feel bored in that sense. So I was like, wait, I actually have energy. I could do, I could do something rather than I think what I have been over the last 10 years of like, oh my God, like I feel every moment of every day. So when I do relax, I never have that feeling of like, oh like boredom I could do more like great so but that's the tricky part I think for a lot of people and and Joe you kind of touched on it there which is around you know constantly trying to fill space and constantly trying to fill every gap with like something so you can then do a nonsensical practice of looking back and going wow look at look at all of the stuff I've achieved and we never do that anyway because we we very rarely look back in that way and we're just filling time so having that space where you can congratulate yourself for actually spending time being a little bit more kind of self-indulgent in that way. Cause I think it is important that we build that in and not think of it as like a shameful or, or selfish act. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, Joe, it's been so lovely having you on. Um, I think I could talk to you and Dan would probably agree about this all day long, <laughs> um, but um Thank you again, and um, I'm sure the listeners have taken a lot out of this. Um, hopefully they can pause and have some reflection and think about their words of wellness as well. Um, but hopefully we'll have you on again and we can chat more. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. So I think it might be a really good time in the episode to talk about our worlds of wellness, Dan. Um, so for me, mine is health is wealth, which might sound quite cliche to a lot of people um but it's really important for me I think when we really look after our physical health and our mental health um you know if we really work hard to to work on things that matter to us I think we have all all everything we need so I for me it's health as well yeah I love that and and for me it kind of harks back to a bit of what Joe was talking about before which was around building in time I think it's really really important um especially within healthcare, but any industry really about making the time for ourselves. Um, it's something mm. that we're not inherently good at. Um, we're pretty bad at it, if I'm honest with you. And, and the problem Terrible is, yeah. And the problem is, is our, is our days run incredibly quickly, you know, and it passes you by. And if you don't 
take that moment, you'll never make a moment. So obviously there's a little catch line for you, but um, Ooh, <laughs> there you go. You snuck that one in there. Branded, branded. Um, no, let, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and it's about building in those rocks. You know, it can be five minutes, it can be 10 minutes, but building it in because and, and having an understanding that that's time to breathe um, and not just the, the physical sense of breathing, but also space, time, an opportunity for you to maybe think and reflect about stuff and then as I said before when we were talking to Joe it was around the fact that this can be really useful not only within a well-being space but also a creative and innovative a um, progressive all of those things it can be a really great moment if you build it in and you're stripped to it then those diary invites won't be taken up by all the Mm. other stuff that happens you know Mm. Um, so on to and the amazing Greg White that we've got from Jot the Mask Productions is um, going to let us know his words of wellness and some of the lifestyle reflections. Welcome, Greg. It's lovely to have you with us today. Um, and also, I think for everybody, because when I heard about Jot the Mask Productions, I was, I loved it. And we've obviously, you're a uh, community partner with us here at Solent. Um, but for the listeners of people that may not know about the the company itself, can you tell us a little bit about you and uh, Drop the Mask and what it's all about, please? Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, I have suffered quite badly from childhood right through to about two and a half years ago with really bad mental health. I ticked a lot nervous. I had treatment quite mm. for quite a couple, you know, a couple of decades and stuff to try and get myself well. And um, my education really didn't start to my mid thirties, and I'm in I'm doing a masters now in my fifties. Mm. But it all become about because I have always struggled in my life with everything. I had the fear of everything and everyone, every, every breath, every body I looked at. I had anxiety issues, but through loads of support, um, through loads of organisations, especially the NHS, I I managed to get to a place. Uh, two and a half years ago where I had EMDR treatment which allowed me to stop ticking being nervous and it's the first time in my life I actually um, had anxiety disappear from me Mm. and what I wanted to do was I wanted to do a master's I got supported in the Republic of Ireland for a degree in my mid-30s and so much support out there but I wasn't mentally well enough to to further and do a master's until uh, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. So I'm, 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 I started at uh, Winchester University in digital media practice, and I wanted a, a, an IT or media company to be able to hopefully give me some work experience um, while I did my master's. And it was very frustrating to see that everywhere I looked at IT and media was driven by profit. It wasn't driven at all by service that I could see, and especially around mental health. So my idea was to register a community interest company because there's always been a lack of community for me because of my anxiety and the Mm. trust of another person has always been very, very Mm. um, tough for me. So I I started to see IC for me in a laptop to try and sort of like give myself an opportunity to see what an IT media company would be able to um, do if there was a gap there for people with mental health like me and if I could replicate my modules. So really it was a reflection of that to start with to to see why, you know, and and through my modules try and build a little, just a small company, me and a laptop, I thought, 
um, do a little website, follow the modules of the digital media, and it's turned into a whole lot more. But yeah, it's just been amazing as I've got well over the last year and a half. I've been able to give back. So Drop the Mask has grown. We've um, gone from myself to um, just two directors, four people employed now, and three subcontractors. And we're looking to grow again for the right reason. We're not not one part of it has been driven by money or profit. It's been driven by service and people needing that service. We say that as a CIC and as human beings at Drop the Mars Productions that we're 80% maximum on, on perfection. And it gives a room to breathe in of um, not the expectations or the false expectations of perfection all the time. And it loads a lot of pressures for people. So, yeah, just an idea to have a reflection to try and see, like, um, modular-wise from my master's, it's turned into something else. There <laughs> you go, amazing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it amazes me so every good. day. It's like, where have we, yeah, where have we come from? But it doesn't matter. We're enjoying the ride. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's so cool, Greg, and, and thank you for sharing that because I think it, I think for a lot of people, they would recognize some of the stuff that you've reflected on as well not only personally but also you know venturing into into a different style of business you know than we're probably used to or have been used to and and certainly you know giving back is is something that i know you guys are completely driven by um which i think is amazing not only for for the people like ourselves in solent that you you support and you can help with with amazing and innovative different things but also for you guys as well and then certainly your own personal journey um it, it i'm sure it is really rewarding when when you can look back reflectively and look at that and look at your business and go wow like look at what this has become and look at how many people we're helping as well absolutely absolutely it's astonishing really our drive really is we've, we've put so much in place and the money that's come in is investing in to make sure that we got the processes and in place the hr and we're, we're talking to other companies to collaborate to make sure that we can employ the so-called unemployable or underemployed through mental health and other issues and physical Amazing. issues that they've got whole work life support um, for their whole work life mm. and as we expand as a company that's the type of people that we want to employ and have uh, have managers or uh, like um, teams led by two or three people and then a pool of 20 or 30 people instead of a pool of two or three people that there's no pressure on them to um mm. of hours or responsibility and if that pressure is not on people we've seen already that they the talent just comes out it's that pressure thing as well isn't it it's like like you say taking that that thought of a pressure away just helps people to do what they feel is right and what they feel that they can do the best in without giving them all these things that they definitely 125% need to do without fail you know I think if we took that into our daily lives a bit more we'd be able to sort of think about what else we can do and our capabilities in a different light and I just think that's so interesting. Yeah we, we've cut out we, we don't see any rights or wrongs. There's no there's no ticks or crosses or or finger pointing or screen tapping. That you know we we don't see rights or wrongs. We only see experiences and experiences have feelings and the feelings either feel okay or they don't or somewhere in between. And if we allow us in our work environment to mm. have those feelings and not try to normalise them in any way whatsoever, 
then then it works. We we are building into our HR duvet days on top of holidays uh, that and somebody can just shout duvet day through a text or an email. And those five days that we build in to someone's year is there's no excuses needed for why they need that duvet day. They don't have to give any answer why they're calling duvet day. So I think that's really important. Absolutely. So, Greg, um, why is looking after your own well-being important to you? I've, I've always struggled one way or another, and I think it's there's a there's a catch twenty two between like physical and mental health in in every way. Looking after yourself, I uh, yo-yoed with um, mental, physical, um, dietary stuff, everything you know that can make sort of like a bit of a balance to a human being I've struggled with and it's only come together from being able to look like a three-legged stool and one of them's my physical health and one of my it's my mental health and the other one really is, is dietary for me and what I eat and it, trying to get that balance um is so so hard if one of them's missing on a three-legged stool it's quite rocky and for me um until I address my mental health I come out from probably 20 years of active addiction that I hid behind and coming out of that addiction into the former recovery I've got for for over 18 years it allowed me probably 10 years into that recovery journey to start looking at my mental health or for me to be well enough to really look at my mental health and the last eight nine years all I've done is try to concentrate and ask and ask and ask and ask for that mental health support and as I've got it things have improved uh, you know the more you ask the more help you get the easier it becomes but to get to that point to ask for help is hard so my my my, my physical um, appearance has changed over the last um, two three years I've lost seven stone I've gone from being able to walk a hundred yards or so and being out of breath to just slowly slowly build up and be able to run five ten k's a half marathon and that's helped me it's not like oh wow look at me how fit I am it's that fitness that comes from the mental health starting to balance out and it's having that balance and support and I've done none of this on my own it's been from always it's not just collaboration and work it's collaboration in life Mm. it's finding those people that don't point at you or tell you what to do it's having that people that care about you but don't tell you what to do they just reflect or they they answer you in a reflection way that you question yourself and that balance is is always i the more i keep an eye on it the more i seem to have it as an inner tattoo in my spine and brain to to, for it to be a daily living thing for me and becomes more natural and trust comes then so yeah it's um it's a hard balance to get to and I think it's then maintaining and trying to look after that and but if if I go back to self and I think I'm strong enough to do this all on my own I know from before and experiences that's where it starts to fail mm, I love that I love that like it and that balance and that you know reflective understanding of what your needs are as well in that I love that um, Greg I think it's, it's something that everyone could to could kind of probably reflect on in their own life in their own kind of story and way and and like it may be difficult but um 
you know, looking back and like, you know, you've, you've articulated in quite a short amount of time, like a really, you know, long journey for you, you know, a lot of self-discovery, a lot of recognizing what works and what perhaps doesn't work. And, and for, you know, I suppose for people perhaps that are, we're in a similar position to you. And, and I know, you know, from Drop the Mask itself is, is giving back to those people as well. But, you know, if you could go back and you could kind of talk to before you started on that journey of recovery, if you could give someone some advice or something you could say to the to younger self, younger Greg, and say, what advice would that be? Yeah, no, I thought about this. And really, if I don't think and I just go with how how I feel, talking mm. to that younger Greg now, I would be saying, don't matter how much anxiety you feel, you have to trust people. You have to take a leap of faith when they say go with your gut instinct. I know now that actual physical chemicals come together in the brain and go to the stomach and it is a physical warning, you know, that's felt in that stomach to say this is right or wrong, you know, or that feeling. So I'd say try not to be so anxious and try to trust. Thank you for that, Greg. Thank you, Greg. And um, what have you been doing um, sort of with COVID and in the current situation to make sure that, you know, you're, you're taking those steps to take care of yourself? Is it Has it been the running or has it been something else? It's been um, a mixture of everything that um, trying to eat well still, trying to mm-hmm. at least walk or run each day. Um, and I, I think giving back and being aware, I think it's grown us up as people that work for Drop the Mars Productions and, and taught a lot more about responsibility in life and work. And I, I think that just a collective bit of... Um, of us as a company, as a team, and how we help people that are really struggling. We've connected an awful lot of people through um, a So Let's Connect project in Southampton, a pilot project with people that have had no IT equipment or internet. And that's been quite rewarding, I think, um, for me, um, in my well-being, to know that there's inequality. We're not saying, oh, look at us. We're saying, great, somebody's got a connection. And we, we, we're knowing that people we were helping other organisations as part of the project to help people talk to their families for the you know the first time since COVID started or to see them mm. or to email or even to watch a film or YouTube. It's great. So that that's really helped. It's amazing. And and really, Greg, honestly, I just want to say thank you on behalf of not only us doing the podcast and you coming on and talking about your story and, and your amazing, amazing Drop the Mask um, CIC, but I think also on behalf of Solon and all of the people that, you know, I know absolutely connect with you guys and, and have absolutely relished in having you, um, you know, support them through this. Um, I just want to say a massive thank you to you because I, I know it's mm. you and, and others, but you're here. And so I'd like to say thank you so much for doing that, Greg. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'll go all shy now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Well, it's probably a good time to say we'll see you soon, Greg, and thank you so much for, for being here. Um, and well, and for all the people listening, I hope you enjoyed um, Greg's story and Joe's story and our messages of wellness, but we'll see you soon. Ems, you want to sign off in any way? No, Dan, it's all good with me. <laughs> Amazing. And Greg, thank you again, and we'll speak to you all or hear you all soon.